0: Uh, loving heavenly father we uh, we do thank you for your word thank you that um it is a living life um, a light that gives us hope as we've just sung that it lifts us from despair it makes us um, the simple wise and we pray now that you would just help us as we think about um, how we should um, best read it we pray this in jesus name amen so um we're just starting a new series Um, This week, week, which is called um, Basics for Believers. You've probably seen one of these around. Um, And over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at the ABCs of following Jesus. The aim of the series is to help us grow together as a church in the basics of Christian living. So we'll be looking at how to pray, how to make decisions, how to give, how to love the church. But today, we're starting with how to read the Bible. And as Ross has mentioned earlier... It's really appropriate that we start here because it is really the basis from all that we as Christians believe. God has chosen to speak to us through his word. He's chosen to reveal himself to us so that we can learn about his great salvation plan and the depths of his love for us. It's our primary source, if you like, about, about God, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing and what he will do in the future. Now, in in 1997, a huge container ship was just passing uh, through... I don't know where exactly, but by the uh, southwest coast um, of England. It was destined for New York. But it was caught up in a massive storm. The storm was so severe, the boat was rocking from one side to the other, just like that. And um, it was so bad that 62 containers, you know, the big metal um, containers that you see on boats, 62 of them were blown overboard. One of these contained 4.8 million pieces of Lego. Shortly after this, Lego pieces started washing up on the shores of Cornwall. And apparently kids used to go to the beach with their buckets, not to, not to build sandcastles, but to collect pieces of Lego. And chances are, if you go down to Perrin Sands in, in Cornwall today and you start digging, you're going to come across a 20-year-old piece of Lego. Believe it or not, there's even a Facebook group called Lego Lost at Sea, documenting the discoveries. Um, And local people apparently compete to see who finds the the most unusual. There's only been three Lego octopuses found, so um, if you find one of those, then you're doing well. But so it is with the Bible. God has blessed us with a book which contains treasures to be found on every page. Little gems that reveal something about God or us and point us forward to Christ. Sometimes we may be able to find buckets of treasures as we read God's word and other times we might have to scratch underneath the surface, dig a little bit deeper to find them. Now often we don't approach um, the Bible as children would approach Perrin Sands excited, expectant about what they might discover. I think it's often all too easy for us to treat it a little bit like an old dusty law book. We know that it's important and we know that what it teaches us is important. But in this age, there are so many other interesting ways of finding out what the Bible says without actually having to open it. We can listen to podcasts, we can read blogs, we can chat to one another in our small groups. And sometimes, even when we do pick it up, we often find it hard. I mean, it challenges us. It challenges us to think and live in a different way. It makes us uncomfortable we might even think sometimes it's a little bit dull and a little bit lifeless so the question here then is why is reading it an important basic for believers why is it important enough that we even start our our new series looking at this so what motivates the Christian to read the Bible and when they do read the Bible what methods can can they use to find the treasures in God's word Now you'll have your handout, your pink handout, which kind of gives you um, the pattern of what we'll be thinking about um, today, and you'll obviously uh, might find that helpful um, to jot some notes down on there as we go. So let's tackle the first of our questions. Why is reading the Bible an important basic for believers? What motivates us? What moves us to read it? Well, follow along in the passage um, with me. I'm going to read from verse 14. But as for you, this is, this is Paul uh, writing to Timothy. As for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have come, become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. Now what does Paul mean by wise for salvation? Well, he's saying, Timothy, if you understand the scriptures, you will understand God's salvation plan. Now, we often think that salvation is is about being forgiven for sin, being rescued from the punishment that our sins deserve. And yes, it it is that, but it's also much bigger than that. It's the rescue, it's the restoration, it's the perfection of humankind and and God's creation. It is God's eternal plan. One author describes it as being conceived in a past eternity, achieved at a point in time, worked out in in human experience, and one day it will reach, reach its consummation in the eternity of the future. It's eternal. And Paul is saying that we can be wise to the vastness of God's salvation plan by being acquainted with the Scriptures. Verse 15 finishes by saying... That salvation comes through faith in Christ Jesus it's kind of a logical progression here really isn't it if, if scripture is about salvation and salvation comes through Jesus it means that the scripture is full of Jesus I mean Jesus himself confirms this he told the Jews of his day that the scriptures what we call the Old Testament bore witness about him and just after his Um, his death and his resurrection he explained to two of his disciples how scriptures pointed to him the old testament therefore foretells jesus and if we want to understand the old testament we have to read it with jesus in mind And we've been doing that over the last um last few weeks if you've been with us we've been studying the book of micah and we've seen how micah prophesies about jesus now it's definitely not the easiest book um, in the bible for us to read But it has been really helpful for a number of reasons. It's shown us the reality of our sins. It's shown us God's judgment for them. It has shown us um, humankind's need for a saviour. It's given us hope by pointing us to look at Jesus, the shepherd king, who will gather his people and lead them into freedom. And that's just one example of many in the Old Testament of how it points us to Jesus. Now the other bit of the Bible, the New Testament too, is obviously full of Christ. It has his testimonies in there from those closest to him, those who saw him, those who heard him speak, those who saw what he did and those that saw how people reacted to what he said and did. It also shows us the depth of Christ's suffering for us. It helps us, if you like, to bring together God's eternal plan of salvation and us where we are today, Christ's followers today. Now, if you've ever been in Paris and decided to wander around the Louvre, Louvre, you'll no doubt have seen the huddle, or I did anyway when I was there, the huddle of people peering at the world's most famous painting, the Mona Lisa. Now, as I was always approaching it, and I could see all these people kind of huddled around. I was expecting something really impressive. I was expecting a massive, big, old painting that looked really incredible. But actually, when I got up to it, I was battled my way through the people. I was surprised that like, it was actually quite small, Surprisingly small. And yeah, I think Da Vinci's done he's done a good job with it, obviously. <laughs> but but I just didn't think I just didn't I just didn't think it was impressive a portrait as it was hyped up to be. But the Bible, this is an impressive portrait. This is God's portrait of Christ. It shows us Christ. We read in verse 16 all scripture is God breathed, literally expired by God. Now, you can't speak without breathing. Have you ever tried this? If I put my hand in front of my mouth now, I can, hear my, I can feel the breath of my mouth on my hand. But if I carry on talking but stop breathing, then nothing, nothing comes out. Words travel on our breath. And that is what Paul is saying about Scripture. It comes out of God's mouth. It is his word. So there are 40 human authors in the Bible But there lies behind them a single ultimate author who is painting us a picture of Christ. The aim of God in, in giving us his word isn't for us to look at it and think, that's a lovely picture. We know lots about God. We know lots about his plans. We know lots about Jesus. His aim is to bring us to life. It prompts us to respond in faith. That's why in verse 16, scripture is described as useful. It has a deep Purpose to it more than just head knowledge. And so we talk about motivation for for reading the Bible. It's this if we want to know salvation, if we want to become more wise of it, we must come to the Bible. If we want to know the purpose that we are made for, we must come to the Bible. The Bible is where we meet God, it's where we meet our eternal Father, it's where we discover the outworking of His plan brought about through Jesus Christ. It's where, as the Holy Spirit helps us to understand it, we, we begin to in, uh, discover His love for us. It's where we find that He welcomes us. Despite our sins and our failings, we find that He welcomes us because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Verse 12 of our passage tells us that anyone who would live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The Bible gives us precious hope beyond our world. It points us to a brighter future. It encourages us to endure this persecution. And those are just some of the treasures that we discover by reading the Bible. Now obviously, reading the Bible is really just as simple as picking it up and reading any other book, I suppose. So it's worth us spending a moment or two thinking about how best we might do it. So, what methods can we employ to help us read the bible we've just seen how paul um, paul tells timothy that all scripture is useful it's useful for teaching rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work that's verse 16 and 17 of our passage do you notice there's almost an expectancy here from paul remember uh, so read, reading the bible will will challenge us it will change us it's like a, a compass if you like on a ship they probably don't use compass anymore it's more like a gps but just imagine a compass it's directing the ship and if the ship starts to sail off in the wrong direction the compass is going to reveal the way it should go earlier in the bible in romans uh, chapter 15 verse 4 Paul tells the church in Rome that the scriptures, the Old Testament, written in the past, were written to teach them. It's true for us too. The scriptures were written to teach us. And through them, we might have hope and we might have endurance. So Paul is saying that we should approach the scriptures with expectancy. They're going to encourage us. They're going to instruct us. They might make us feel uncomfortable, but they will give us hope. So every time we open the Bible then we can be expectant that God has something to say to us. So firstly, we must come expectantly. Next, we should have a plan. We're going to get quite practical, and um, just think about some real practical things, if that's okay with you. A child, imagine a child going down to Perrin Sands to try and collect some Lego. They come, they come with, their, um, with a bucket, they come with a spade, they come with a plan, if you like, and the tools ready to be equipped with the treasures Now, when I say plan, I don't mean that we need a detailed Bible reading plan or that we um, we even have to use Bible reading notes, although they might be useful for you. I mean, if we want to get the most out of God's word and understand it clearly, it's sensible for us to just consider some practical things that will help us. So let's do it. Firstly, when? When should we pull out God's word and read it? At what point in the day most days it's best for us to prayerfully read God's word for example verse 17 says that the scriptures um, equip us um, for every good work so if we want to go to work and be equipped ready for every good work might it be helpful if we read the bible before we go to work in the mornings I think the morning the morning is just too busy it's just too hectic for me maybe I've got more time in the evening to prayerfully reflect and meditate on God's word well there you go then do it in the evening and then perhaps in the morning remind yourself of what you've learned the night before so that you feel ready for equipped for the day it's basically it's good to schedule a time it's good to stick with it it's good to ask those who are closest to you to help with um, for their help with this I think if if our basic game plan is just to read the bible whenever Whenever we have a spare few minutes, I think the chances are we won't actually ever read it. We find our spare moments just kind of fill up. Secondly then, where? I heard a Christian once say that he got the most out of reading the Bible sitting in a particular room in his house. He kind of picked a place where he was able to free himself from, the distract- from other distractions um, so that he could prayerfully read God's word. And it really worked for him. So let's ask ourselves, is there a place that we can pick, somewhere that we can get away from the other distractions, um, there, the other pulls on us? Is there somewhere that we can get away from it? Thirdly, who with? Did you notice in our passage, Paul is encouraging Timothy to continue in what he's learnt. Let's have a look at verse 14 and 15. As for you, continue in what you have learnt and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. It's clear from an early, early age that Timothy was taught the Scriptures. It, it's likely that it was his mum, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. Paul mentions those earlier in chapter 1. It's likely that those um, family members taught him the Scriptures. Timothy was helped to understand the Scriptures by his nuclear family, but we can be helped to understand the Scriptures By our church family. Verse 16 says, as we've already seen, the scriptures are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So if we read it together, particularly if we read it one-on-one, we're creating an environment where we're allowing the word to do this effectively. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And we're kind of fulfilling this proverb when we read it together. But there are, of course, many ways that we can read the Bible together. You can do that. You can find a Bible reading um, body, uh, pick a passage and work it through with them. Uh, You can commit to one of our uh, weekly small groups. Um, You can make use of technology. My sister has a WhatsApp group with her university friends. She doesn't get to see them often, but what she does, um, they've got a group, they read a passage together, and then they put on their WhatsApp group what they've been think- what their thoughts are on that passage. Just a really simple way um, for us to be able to study the word together. There's a second application here uh, for the church as well. Timothy's early lessons in the scriptures obviously had a big, big impact on him later on in his life. Paul describes him earlier on in Timothy as having a sincere faith and instructs him with the, hope of the, with the help of the Holy Spirit to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to him. So this is an encouragement for those of us that are parents, continue reading the Bible with your children. It is able to make them wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And for those of us without children, let us consider, can we use the opportunities that being a member of the church family here gives us to deposit God's good word into the lives of young people. Now, reading the Bible like this uh, is not easy. It does definitely require discipline. I think our natural inclination is actually just not to do it. I mean, if you look at Timothy, here is a bishop in the early church. He was taught by the great evangelist Paul, and he knew the scriptures from an early age. Now, if Paul is reminding him of the importance of God's word... How much also do we need to be reminded of the importance of it too? It takes discipline. At the start of the new year, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. You may well have made one um, yourself. Um, I was reading an article uh, just before uh, last New Year's Eve, which was about habits. I think the the purpose of the article was to kind of encourage people to um, continue um, to keep their resolutions. Now, apparently, it takes 21 days to form a habit. Or at least that's what they thought. A study by UCL actually found that it can be as quick as 18 days to form a habit. But on average, it takes 66 days to form a habit. Now, the participants of this study were just forming habits uh, like drinking more water, drinking water at lunchtime or going for a 15-minute run each day. Now, the longest it took someone to form a habit was 254 days. Um, I don't know what they were doing. But eventually eventually they were able to form this habit all the participants of the study formed a habit the key then is to keep on going if bible reading is a struggle for you keep going if you miss a few days or if you miss a day just pick it up keep on going remember as well it's important for us to know that God's love for us doesn't rise and fall with how often we read the bible if you're united to Christ by faith you're accepted you're embraced we don't earn God's love We don't earn his salvation by reading the Bible. And we don't lose it by not reading it. So if you do struggle with getting into a good rhythm of reading it, be encouraged to keep going. So we've spoken a bit about the practicalities of reading the Bible. But when we um, actually open it and start to read it, what do we do then? The Bible might be totally brand new to you. And you just look at it and think, there's 1,251 pages here. Where on earth do I begin with this? I think some really good advice, if you're new to the Bible or if you've not um, read it consistently for a while, is to start in Luke. Start in the book of Luke. Read through Luke's account of Jesus' life and his teaching and then move on to Acts. Luke is basically kind of part one of the series, which talks about Jesus' story, um, the story of Jesus on earth, the good news of God's salvation beginning. And part two is how the good news of Jesus spread out from Jerusalem outwards. Luke helps us to, under, to develop an understanding of salvation. But the Old Testament does as well, too, actually. Um, Paul is writing this to Timothy before uh, the New Testament as we know it. So the Old Testament is able to make us wise for salvation as well. If we think of um, salvation as God's eternal plan, it's useful for us to understand how the Bible teaches us the whole sweep of salvation – now, some of you, I know, have read this book. Um, Andy was encouraging us to read it all um, a little while ago. But I really would recommend actually reading it. Um, it's really helpful in showing us how the different bits of the Bible um, kind of fit together and reveal God's plan of salvation. That's God's Big Picture by Vaughan Roberts. If, um, if, you, if you are new to reading the Bible as well, a crucial thing, I think, is not to try and overextend In my experience, it's much more profitable to read less and take time to pray and meditate on each passage. Rather than saying, I don't know, reading three chapters and then not having any time to think about um, what you've just read. Let's be honest, even if you know your Bible fairly well and you've been reading it for a few years, it's often hard for us to understand. Um, It's not like a newspaper that we kind of should just skim through to find some interesting content. And it's definitely not like a novel that we can sit back, relax and read on the beach. It takes prayerful study to read it and find out what it means. So then when we read it, how do we actually get to grips with it? Let us remember that God's word has been given to us so that we can be made wise for salvation through faith in Christ. So a very simple way to study a passage, even just a verse, is to read it and then ask ourselves three questions... Firstly, what does this bit of the Bible tell me about God? What does it show me about his character? Second question, what does it tell me about myself? Does it reveal something about me that I didn't know before? Does it show me a need that I have? Third question, how does it point me to Christ? If the Bible is about Christ, how does it show me Christ how does it make me wise for salvation now you can basically do this with with any passage in the bible you can just pick a passage do this very simply and you're away if you're keen to dig even deeper than that a very useful book aptly named dig deeper is this one it goes through some of the useful tools um, that help us to better understand God's word for example reading a particular verse in context to the rest of the passage now i'm just going to give you two tools which i found really helpful as a little flavor of this book firstly the who am i tool this tool helps us to remind ourselves that we shouldn't write ourselves into the stories of the bible for example we're probably all familiar with the story of david and Goliath. Basically, here is a, 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 a weedy boy brave enough to take on the man monster that is Goliath. And let's be honest, people thought David has got no chance here. But with God's help, uh, David wins the fight. He defeats Goliath. Now, we might be tempted to put ourselves in David's position. We might have Goliath-sized issues in our life. And so we might read the Bible and think... God's helped David to defeat Goliath. So he's going to help me defeat my giants, right? Well, actually, we're, we're not David. Um, I mean, God, yeah, he certainly gives us strength in hard circumstances. But this story isn't about us. We're not the anointed king of Israel who defeats God's enemies and rules over God's people. But what it does do is it points us to a greater David. It points us to Jesus, who is the king of Israel, who defeated the, the giants of sin, death, and the devil, and who rules over God's people. So often these, these characters that we read of in the Bible are pictures of Christ, so we can learn from them about Jesus, not necessarily from, about ourselves. They might well be good role models, they're, they're, some of them are bad role models, but we shouldn't rush to put ourselves into these stories. The second tool that I like is the so what tool basically it's asking the question what does this passage mean for me what does it mean for my life James um, chapter 1 encourages us not merely to be uh, not merely to listen to the word but to be doers of the word so what does this mean well it basically means that we have to put into practice what it teaches we must translate the message of the bible into action we must be ready to ask the questions, what does the Bible tell me to do? How does it help me to worship God? How does it tell me to think? What might this passage mean for me? What might it mean for my brother Ross? What might it mean for St. John's? What might it mean for the wider church? What might it mean for the unbeliever? What does it mean? There are lots of more tools as well, so if I've kind of whet your appetite a little bit, then, uh, then do check that book out, um, that one and God's big picture are at the back, um, the back here. Um, obviously, there are obviously plenty more materials as well. So why not have a, why not have a look at the back and um, look on, on our online um, bookstore as well. Now, each week in our um, small group study, after our Bible study, we, we break into smaller groups um, to pray. I mean, it's the appropriate response, really, um, to the amazing truth that God has been speaking to us. So let me encourage you, once you have read the Bible, to pray. Thank God for it. Say sorry for the things that the Bible has shown you are wrong. Ask for God's help through his spirit to change you. Next week is a second installment of Basics for Believers, and it's about prayer. So why not come along and hear about how we pray in response to what God has shown us. And so just as we, uh, we draw to a close this evening, I simply want, you, I simply want to encourage you to read. I mean, let, let's just take, take step, a step back a moment and consider this. God, in his eternal wisdom and his great grace, has given us the means to understand his eternal plan of salvation. And he's done this through the Bible, which he inspired. It points us to Christ Jesus through whom the salvation comes. I mean, it's a, it's a privilege, really. It's a gift. Without it, we'd probably be fumbling around, working out who is, who is God? What is our purpose? So whether you're brand new to it, or if you know it fairly well and been reading it for a few years, let's be mindful, let's be intentional in picking it up and getting stuck into it. And yes, it's going to take discipline. If we want to dig up those treasures, it's going to take us, it's going to take effort from us, much like, I suppose, learning to play an instrument. As Paul says, It changes us. It equips us for this life so that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It gives us wisdom of salvation. And with that comes a deep joy, a deep confidence in God and the encouragement to keep enduring in our faith. Um, Shall I just pray um, before we respond to what we've heard in singing? Loving Heavenly Father, we do thank and praise you um, for your word. And thank you for the gift that it is to us. Thank you that it does make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you um, for that. And we pray that you'd help us um, to read it. That you'd help us to be disciplined as we study it and prayerfully meditate over it. And as we do so, we pray that you would help us to see Christ in it, our means for salvation.